you see it as the company that's hiring has a problem. The problem is they don't have someone to do that job, right? And if you approach it like you are there to solve their problem, what can you do to solve their problem? That's going to make it so much easier for them to understand, oh, yes, of course I should hire Daniel for this position, you know? And because they're mm-hmm. just focusing on quantity, not quality, they struggle mm-hmm. to get a good job. And when they eventually get one, doesn't necessarily mean it's one they're All right, welcome, welcome, welcome to this episode of the How to Get a Job podcast. Today, I have Linda Evans with us today. She is the founder and a career coach at Launched by Linda. Linda, how are you today? Excellent. Happy to be here. I'm super happy that you're here. Um, I'm here, you know, we connected on LinkedIn and we talked about, uh, you know, finding your value proposition. Why do you think it's important for job seekers to find their value proposition or start identifying that as they're applying or before applying for jobs? Yeah, I mean, value proposition is just one way of saying, what do I bring to the table, right? What do I have to offer? What makes me unique? And I think it's important for them to know that because the employer is not going to do the work to find that. So they have to be ready to offer what they have to offer. I mean, describe how what they have to offer in a very clear and concise way. That's a big part of being um, very clear about their personal brand. Yeah, and you know, I think it's important to understand, like regardless of the company, whether it's like Apple or a small mom and pop company, every company does have limited resources. And so they can't just go and hire every person that applies for a role and, and then pay them all and figure out who's the best person after they've all been working. And so you as a job seeker need to kind of showcase why is hiring you the best investment what is the value that you bring to the organization and how does your job or the role that you're going to do is particularly you either save or make the company money to be able to showcase like okay it's it's it makes sense there's a return on investment for bringing in daniel or linda or michael to this particular job yeah i uh heard this perspective once or read about it once where you see it as the company that's hiring has a problem. The problem is they don't have someone to do that job, right? And if you approach it like you are there to solve their problem, what can you do to solve their problem? That's going to make it so much easier for them to understand, oh, yes, of course I should hire Daniel for this position. You know, it makes it easier for them to make that connection and not have to think it's hard because they they are um, going through tons and tons of applications and not all of them are good. So if you do the work for them and make it an easy, easier decision, then you're much more likely to get hired. Yeah. And, and I would 100% agree with that. You know, even now, like as a, like a owner of a business who's and like, we've have like, you know, close to 20 employees now, it's like when we hire someone, like I need to make sure that I understand how does this role going to help the organization grow. Like, yes, I want to create jobs, but I'm not a non-for-profit. Even non-for-profits still have a budget, right? Like, it's like, and so to clearly know, okay, how does this marketing associate going to help generate more leads? Or how does this client success or career coach going to help coach enough clients to get jobs so that we can continue the process? How is this, like, every role? How is this finance person going to help organize our books and finances so that we're not spending what we shouldn't spend? And so, as long as you can bring in and understand that, it's really important. And I think one of the biggest mistakes that I am noticing, um, and I've noticed this you know, for the last 10 years as a career coach, 
is that a lot of the job seekers, when they're starting their job search, they have the good old pray and, and, and spray approach. Like I'm going to apply to every single job that I meet the minimum qualifications without understanding why is that job open and how do I solve that problem? And because they're just focusing on quantity, not quality, they struggle to get a good job. And when they eventually get one, doesn't necessarily mean it's one they're happy about. Exactly. Have you found similar things or what do you see? Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I think the reason people do that, what did you call it? Pray and spray <laughs> or spray and pray. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, spray and pray. I actually said it backwards. I'm just like, yeah, it's, it's okay. It just means that they try to go for as many applications as they can. Right. Because the reason they do that, I think is because every time they hit apply, they feel this rush of dopamine or, you know, just like, Oh, I did it. Like I, I was productive today. Yeah. I am one step closer to getting a job, but really that is like one of the least effective ways to get a job. And I, I always teach quality over quantity, like spend more time on fewer employers, on fewer jobs, do more research, really put your most energy in networking because that is the most effective way to get the job you want. Like you said, not just any job because you know, all of us can get some kind of job, but that doesn't mean that we, we would be happy there. We would want to stay there for a while. We would make enough money or contribute the way we want. So if you do it like the harder, but lo harder, longer, but more effective way, you'll be more satisfied in the end. But pe most people don't want to hear that. I don't, <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. I don't even know that it would be the longer way either. Right. Like I know it feels the longer, but I don't know that it, it, it is the longer way because uh, what what's happening is like, you're right. I think that there's a level of, Hey, I'm unemployed. I'm looking for a job. And you know, you, you care so much about what people think about us. Right. So then when either your spouse or your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your friends or your parents come to you and like, Hey, how's it going? How's your job search going? And you're like, you know what? I'm doing everything I can. I applied to a hundred companies this week, but it's just the market, you know, everything's against me. The world is against me. And, and there's a level of saying like, I applied to so many places that I did what I could. Exactly. Yeah. Right? And because it's a false sense of, but I think you're right. <laughs> a false sense of accomplishment. I am with you in it. And I don't know that there is a career coach that I've spoken to. Cause I speak to so many in, for this podcast that will say, Hey, quality is better than quantity. Like, um, I, I don't think so. Like I, I, I would agree with you is a quality over quantity. And I do think that when you have the quality, right. And when, once you have understood what are the roles that you're going to be the best at, and you've done the research, Sure, you need some quantity. I'm not. I'm not. Also, I'm not in the other side of the camp that says, "Hey, apply to one job, and that's all you're going to apply to, and you're just going to network with everyone in that company." I think that could also work, but putting all your eggs in one basket and realizing, "Hey, that maybe that company just did a bunch of layoffs and a hiring freeze and things that are out of your control," that might be too risky. So, I think it's about finding the happy medium of like a quality application, and then you can then have add some quantity. But like when you're doing a hundred a week. I just don't ever see that being a good scenario. And I think that's where like, I want us, us to talk about this a little bit on saying like, how do you know where to, how to apply to our job? How do you know what job, like in your professional experience, what are the best ways that a job seeker can identify what are their strengths and their weaknesses or what, what are the best types of jobs they should be applying to that then will allow them to create those win-win scenarios where the company's super hiring for, for finding someone that solves a problem but they also have a job that they enjoy going into and they love their Mondays. Oh, I love that. Uh, yeah, love their Mondays, right? That's when you know that you're in the right place for you, when you feel energetic and motivated to get 
to work. Um, and that's sadly not as common as we career coaches would like. But uh, I think having that match of this is this is what I know I'm good at and this is what the company needs and like making that match, it really starts with you knowing yourself and knowing what your natural talents are and what you're not gifted in because that's just as important, right? And so I I think like if you're into assessments, like I'm certified in the Clifton Strengths assessment, which gives you your top five natural talents and ways to develop that. Um, but there are other assessments. And I think if you're not into assessments, you can just think back on times when you've gotten positive feedback from somebody who supervises you or a mentor or even a parent, um, teacher, friends. Like what have people told you that you're good at? Like, are you really good at organizing parties or organizing people? Are you really good at the details mm -hmm. in numbers? Are you good at um, staying calm under stress? You know, like what, what is it that people notice that you contribute, what you bring to the table? Um, and and you can ask, ask people too. If you haven't gotten that in the past, you can just ask people. Um, I ask people that every few years, I do a personal branding survey and ask people to describe me in five words. I'm actually in the middle of it right now. And then I see what kind of feedback I get. Um, and then also knowing what the company needs and that's where the research comes in right like go not just to the website but also trying to get in touch with people in the company through linkedin and maybe personal connections um even reading articles about them like using websites like glassdoor where previous employees have written reviews about their experiences um trying to understand what is the company trying to do what's the culture what's their mission what what's their product you know and if it's a nonprofit, like what is what is their cause and how are they trying to, to fight for that cause and understanding what the role that you are looking at would do in that company. Or you can like, so you can do it from many different angles, right? You can look at it and be like, Oh, I want to solve this problem. I want to solve, I want to help solve climate change. Um, what are my natural skills and talents that could fit into that? Like, am I really good at public speaking um, or am I better at numbers behind the scenes? Like, what could I do to solve that cause? Or you could just figure out like, I, I know I really like, um, I don't know, accounting, for example, and it doesn't really matter what company. So I'm just going to find like the best accounting job I can get, you know, so it, it depends on your different approach. Yeah, no. And one thing you were saying about like, hey, like if you don't like assessments, I, I would say, even if you don't like assessments, I still think there's a value and a benefit for doing assessments. And if you're a college student listening to this, a lot of times your university has licenses to take those assessments for free or even at a cheaper cost. And if you're not a college student, um, there actually are assessments and I wouldn't even say it's worth the investment in a really good assessment. And so I do think that you should do your research on the different assessments. And Linda, I know that you are certified in some and that are some of the best. I would love to talk about it because I know you can get a lot of free assessments online. I just would just say like, be careful with that too, because that could also give you information that's not accurate and that can lead you to the wrong path. But I think it's important to, to invest in those assessments because for me paying a hundred, $150, and I don't know how much they cost. Maybe you can tell us more. Um, but I think the last time I took one, it was like the Kobe a assessment. And I, I think we were talking about this that I also took the strength finder maybe like seven years ago. Um, that was when I was at PepsiCo. I think those assessments to know what you are naturally good at, what you gravitate towards or what you're passionate about, that's going to give you more satisfaction in your job. Just imagine how many headaches, how many bad days would you avoid if you can know more about yourself 
therefore that can help guide on what jobs to apply or which ones to avoid. Yeah. So, so that's like the first part is knowing yourself. And the second part is knowing what jobs do, right? Like what does a marketing assistant do or, you know, any number of job titles, like you need to understand the workplace, the job market, and you can learn that simply by reading job descriptions. But I also found a really um, cool shortcut that doesn't feel as much like work is looking up YouTube videos. So I had clients where mm -hmm. I say, um, you know, what are some options you're considering? And he's, I think he said mechanic and uh, I can't think of the other one, but I said, okay, go. And he, he wasn't very much into networking. He had a lot of social anxiety. So I said, uh, well, you like, you like YouTube, right? You spend hours on YouTube every day. Look up 10 videos that um, are about what a day in the life of a mechanic is like. And he did that. And he came back and showed, um, told me all the things he learned, the, the comments that people left at the bottom. And that was amazing. Like then he really knew like what the real world life of a mechanic is like. And that way he can know like, well, do my strengths, do my interests and passions line up with that? And if so, awesome. Then I know that it's, you know, my next steps to get to become a mechanic. If not, then great. I save myself tons of time by going through those steps myself. So I would say do the research on yourself and then do the research on the jobs and see where you best align. Yeah, I think it's interesting because I would even say to like, you said networking and you said that particular uh, client was, you know, didn't, you know, was more about social anxiety. So he did it through YouTube. But if you don't have that social anxiety, I think there is a benefit of you networking with individuals who have potential the job that you want and learning from them. Because not only will you learn what the day looks like and what their experiences are as well, but also what you're going to find is that people love to talk about themselves and will love to uh, share their values and you. So they'll try to convince you on why being a mechanic or being a marketing associate is a good idea. And then they're going to try to help you get that job as that marketing associate or the mechanic or things if like that. If they like their so job. Like, if you're networking. Yeah, if they like their job. Yeah. But if they don't, talk to like three or four. But if you see four or five people not liking their job and they all don't know each other, there's a trend. Maybe you do should stay away from that job. But if you, um, and, and so, but if you do see they like their job, they're going to try to tell you why this is the best job in the world. This is why you should follow this career path. And that's where then you say, hey, Al, if you do like it, then that person can then refer you and get you in, help you get to the interview and ultimately facilitate you ultimately getting that job. Yeah, that would be the best case scenario, right? If you meet a stranger and they're like, yeah, you should definitely do my job. That's how you get it. Um, I think, though, it's also important um, to know why they love their job and or why they hate their job because mm -hmm. they may hate it because they don't like interacting with people and you're like, wait, I love interacting with people. I would actually love your job. So you need to ask the why and not just the initial emotion, you know, behind loving or hating it. Yeah. That's an amazing point of like under truly understanding because the reason why someone doesn't like it might be the reason you love it. And that's awesome. Like it's yes. So going deeper and asking follow-up questions is definitely the key. Um, Linda, Tell us more about what you do. And if people want to learn more about you, how can they find you or, and what, what, what are some of the services that you provide? Yeah, so I do a combination of counseling, coaching, and consulting uh, for anything career related, really from the beginning stages of career exploration, which is like, I have no idea what I want to do, help me figure it out, to, okay, I know what I want to do, I just need help getting a job, to 
I've done this for years. I hate it. I want to change completely. How do I change my career to, I, I pretty much like my job. I just don't like my boss or like, I have this like stressful area. I don't know how to deal with. So like any, any stage of um, a person's career, I, I love helping with, especially I love helping with interview prep. I think that's really fun how to talk about yourself, how to brand yourself in a verbal way. Um, so I have a master's in counseling, which is, you know, dealing with emotions and a lot of, you know, understanding your background and how that influences you today. So when people have emotional barriers, um, we talk about that. We like pause the coaching part and focus on the emotional like untangling. But the coaching part is really um, what I mostly do, which is helping people set goals and figure out the action plan and how to reach those goals and helping them hold themselves accountable, like set very specific timelines and numbers so we can check back on those and if they don't follow up if they don't um achieve those goals then like what are the barriers and then consulting is just like if they don't know what to do i, I teach them like if they don't know how to create linkedin i teach them if they don't know how to apply for something i teach them um, but coaching is really about looking within the client like i as a coach believe that the client has all the answers within themselves like i'm not here to tell them what to do Right. Um, so a consulting is like, oh, I, they just don't know how to write a cover letter. So I'm going to tell them, <laughs> you know, um, so I do like a combination of three and, and it's online, always had it. And I'm going to celebrate my 12th year of my business this year. So very excited. That's amazing. Um, and so what we'll do is that we'll put her website on the show notes so you can go is launched by Linda.com, but you can go to the show notes and you can, uh, uh, definitely connect with her and look at all her services. So Linda, uh, thank you so much for coming and for everyone listening, catch you guys on the next episode. Hey, this rant, I want to talk and focus more about clarity. In this past conversation we talked with Linda, we talked about clarity and it's so important to understand what is your North star what is it that you want to do with your career and one of the best things i want you to start thinking about is okay it's not about your next job it's not just about the job that you need to get tomorrow to pay your bills and that's all important too but how does that job help you gain the experience needed to get to your long-term goals and i want you to start thinking more long term the longer term you can think the better off you're going to be able to you know align yourself to that because what you don't realize is that the changes that you make now even if it's a little change massively create a difference over time and, and so even a degree of change early enough can make massive impact by compound and the long term so one of the really cool exercises that i want you guys to do is think about if if you know that you would get paid i don't know let's say two hundred thousand dollars no matter what job you did, whether it was a janitor or the CEO of a company, or it could be the, the amount of money that you want to earn professionally, what job would that be? And what skill sets are required to get there? Both technical and soft skills are required to get there. And then think about what jobs, if you work your work back, if you reverse engineer that career path and you do research at people on LinkedIn that have that job title, whether it's chief marketing officer or to be director of software engineer for a tech startup. And going back to those people's profiles on LinkedIn and going back and looking at what were some of those common trends that they had? What were some of those jobs they did before? How long did they spend? How long did it take to get there? Because if you can understand and create a North Star, it's going to help you create a more 
smoother path. Not that it's going to be perfect. There's no such thing as a straight line, right? You're going to go on ups and downs in your career, like anything else in your life, but at least you'll get a little bit more clarity and understand what that's going for. And I want you to surround yourself with those people. If you hang out with enough people that have your dream job, both the short-term and long-term dream job, you're going to realize that you will eventually get there because success leave clues. And the best way to reach any goal is to learn from someone who's done it. And uh, just to finish this rant off, I want you guys to also invest in understanding yourself, right? Take those assessments, take the strength finders, take the Kobe A assessment. Um, I was talking to Linda, but this is my five strength finders, right? Competition, activator, futuristic, focus, and ideation. And when I started doing a lot of these assessments, right? Um, it's when I started understanding what was I good at, what was I not, right? What was the things that I needed to delegate and hire out? What was the things that I needed to do because it naturally came to me? So that's where, as I design and build and scale this business, the majority of my time is spent leading people, coaching our clients and developing and doing podcasts, creating content, right? Because that's what I love to do. And, um, and that's what I want you, I want for you. I want you to enjoy Mondays as much as you enjoy Saturdays. And when you can do that and blend, instead of having work-life balance, have work-life integration, it's going to see how much happier you get. And, and when you're happy at work, you're going to be happier at home. You're going to be happier with your relationships. Anyways, Thank you so much for listening. You guys are amazing. Uh, we can't do this podcast without you. So if you find value in this, make sure you like and subscribe and share it with a friend. Also, if you're a job seeker, particularly if you're an international student and you're looking for a job and you want someone in your corner to help you, uh, hit the link below and learn to work with us. Also, if you're looking for some clarity and you want more help on the clarity side, I would definitely uh, recommend you guys connect with Linda, go to her website and check out what she does. She's definitely really good at what she does. So again, thank you so much. And I'll catch you guys on the next episode. See ya.